0: Take your Bible, please, to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I want to look at a couple of principles that we that were touched on in the lesson that I taught the teenagers last night and the young married couples this morning. And it's a principle of change in our life in the positive if we're letting the Holy Spirit have control and it's a work of change in failure in our lives if we are yielding to the flesh and yielding to uh, the pull of the world in our lives and uh, as I was preparing those lessons the Lord was impressing on me that this was the message for us tonight as well so um, and as I was preparing it was um, for this message it was interesting Uh, when I preached last month I preached all around tonight's uh, verses here in chapter 8 but didn't preach on the verses that we're going to look at here in uh, chapter 8. So perhaps they go hand in hand, but I haven't <laughs> looked at, at that in and of itself. Romans 8, we're going to look from verse 26. It starts with the word likewise. And uh, so it, it's saying in the same way as what we've just talked about already, which uh, is the fact that verse 16, uh, the Spirit itself beareth witness and talking about the Holy Spirit uh, testifying and reassuring us that we are God's children. And then in our passage here, we're starting with the word likewise. In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in that way. Now we're gonna see a way that, a, a second way that the Holy Spirit helps us. Verse 26 of Romans 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities that we know not, uh, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. In the same way that the Holy Spirit helps us with Understanding and reassuring us about salvation in the same way the Holy Spirit helps us in areas where we're falling short. For example, verse uh, 26 and 7 when we have something to pray for, but we're not quite sure how to pray for it, maybe we don't understand the Circumstance that the request was given to us about and so we're not quite sure how can I pray for this person or this need and the Holy Spirit leads us as we're praying. Also, when, th- when difficulties come, our infirmities are perhaps a difficulty that comes and, and in verse 28, he, we can be comforted by the fact that all things work together for good, even from the things that are struggles in our life. With our shortcomings, our infirmities, our difficulties, the Holy Spirit helps us. And He helps us in these various ways. But then verse 29 talks about conforming to the image of his son. And this is what I want to look at this evening. This message tonight is entitled, The Same Old Mold. Not the same old mold that you've been fighting in the bathroom, ladies, for for years and you can't get rid of or it keeps coming back. Not that mold, but the same old mold, the same old form that we might or might not be Um, molding. Here in in verse uh, 29 Calvinists get all confused and messed up with the word predestinate and conformed and they try and teach that God knows who are going to be saved and who are not going to be saved and, and and chooses them, more importantly, either for heaven or hell. That's not what this verse is talking about. It talks about foreknowledge and it talks about uh, predestinated, pre-deciding the outcome, but it's not salvation or damnation that's being predetermined. What it says here in verse 28, uh, sorry, 29 is that God predestinates Christians to conform to the image of Christ. If you're a Christian, God, before you were saved, planned that he, he purposed that you would change to become like the image of Christ. That is what he predetermined. That's what he pre-planned for you. And we're going to look at that this evening. Let's pray. Father, we love you and thank you for the privilege of uh, being in your word together this evening. I pray, Father, that you would uh, give grace as we uh, bring your word this evening. Work in our hearts, Lord. Do a work of change where needed. Pray that you would be honored and glorified. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. So here we see in verse 29 that God desires for you to be conformed to the image of Christ. And our first point this evening is literally just there is a work of change, a work of change. When you look at me, when I look at you, you don't see Christ. I don't see Christ. It's a work of change. This concept then of conforming to the image of his son literally means in this instant, con, meaning with, and form, meaning made, conform, made in the image of. That's what conform means. But the Greek word behind this means to be formed with or formed alongside of. Now in this case, we're not talking about a production line where everything's being made the same as. In this case, it's talking about being conformed or made at the same time of as Christ now we're not being made at the same time as Christ what it's meaning here is that here is the guide here is the thing that we're going to be becoming like as a pattern to look to, the best way I could think of illustrating that is perhaps we have our, our Lego uh, thing, model, and then we have a bunch of other bricks. And if they're like my room was as a child, they're all over the floor. And we're picking from those bricks and we're trying to replicate this model over here. And You know, you can never find some of them. They're at the bottom of the bucket that you haven't looked in, or they're in the the back corner of the one that you started in, but you can't find all the bits. That was my Lego-making days. Uh, That was if you were trying to replicate something that you already had. You didn't, couldn't ever find enough pieces to make the exact same thing again. So I would move away from trying to replicate things and just start imagining and designing, and then you didn't need the exact piece because it could just be different. It didn't have to be the same. But in this case, God wants us to be becoming like the thing that's already made it's there as as a guide in other words it's being made in the same way as you and I God wants to make us in the same way as the image of his son that's God's Predestined plan for you as a Christian. That's his will. That's his plan for us. And how is this work of change done? Well, in the context here, difficulties, trials, hard times, all things work together for good to them that love God. All things. He uses the good times, the difficult news, the troubling times, the blessings, the discouragements. He uses all of those things to form us into the image of His Son. He uses these to do a work of change, a work where He is forming us to become like His Son. But that change takes place through more than just disappointments. It takes place through the Holy Spirit working in and through those and us learning the lessons that God is trying to teach us. But you see, Satan also wants to change you. Satan wants to change me. God wants to make us into the image of his son, in the pattern of his son. But the devil wants to change us to be like the world, to be like that guy at work, to be like the person down the street, to think like this brand wants us to think. And Satan will use things in the physical world to try and Trip us and change us and get us distracted to the point that we are affected, not in the physical, but in our spiritual walk and our spiritual growth. That we are no longer becoming like the image of His Son. We're becoming like the image of this world. And we are therefore ineffective as a Christian. We're ineffective as a believer. And we're becoming like the world that we. Love. What are you becoming? Are you becoming more like Christ? Are you becoming more like the image of His Son? Or are you becoming more like the world that we're dwelling in? Are you becoming more like someone? Are you striving to be like them? Or react like that? Or take on a persona that you respect or are drawn to, what is it that you're changing to become like? You're becoming more like your saviour? You're becoming more like the grumpy guy down the street? You're becoming more like the gossip at work? Everything's in in play. Everything's in Flux, everything's moving and shifting. God wants to do a work of change. Go with me over a couple of pages now to Romans chapter 12. There's a work of change that God wants to do, but there's also a work of change that the devil wants to do. Secondly, there is a wrestle for control, therefore. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is very famous verse and be not conformed to this world that word conformed there we've seen already in chapter 8 but here it's a slightly different greek word and we'll look at that in a moment be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In chapter 8, it was described to us as God's predestined plan for us to become like the image of His Son. And here, it's described as God's good and acceptable and perfect will. Anything else that was good and perfect and acceptable, we'd snatch, we'd take straight away. No questions asked. The good and perfect and acceptable uh, Christmas gift for the 13-year-old uh, daughter of our brother. Man, what am I going to give her? Oh, that's perfect, that's good, and accept- that's exactly... Yeah, of course I'm going to buy that. Tick on the Christmas shopping list. Anything else that's good and acceptable and perfect, we're going to take. No questions asked. Well, maybe not. not many questions asked. Is there a catch? No? I'll take it. This is God's will for us that we be not conformed to this world, but that we are transformed. Trans- <coughs> Excuse me, transformed into how God would have us to be. Now, that conformity in chapter 8 was a forming to be in the same way here the conforming that we're not to be conformed to this world this conforming is the kind of forming that is to take the same pattern as there's a mold and satan's trying to squash us into that mold that we would take the shape of the mold he's got us hooked on this aspect of worldliness. And rather than becoming like the son of, son of God, Satan has us hooked on this area of worldliness and he's pressing us into the little corners of the mold that if we don't get into there, we won't replicate the shape that this world looks like. That's what this conforming is. It's conforming to be like something very specific. It's to take the pattern of. And here, Satan wants to mold us in mind. He wants to mold us in character to be like the world that we're dwelling in. To take the pattern of another. This is like when we make Play Doh for our children. And they take it, and after they've finished eating a bit of it, they'll take a piece of plastic thing that's some kind of shape, and they'll squash it into that, and they'll turn it out, and it'll be a candy cane, or it'll be a a little crab, or who knows what it is, and then they'll put it in that other thing, and they'll squish it, and it'll make the long string. I never knew what you were meant to do with those long stringy bits, but it could be hair, it could be grass, I, I don't know. But it's, it's that taking the shape of something else as opposed to taking the Play-Doh and being creative for yourself and making something that vaguely looks like something that you've seen before. Doesn't look as good, but you've made it. Sorry, maybe it does for you. It never did for me. And we're taking that mould And we're changing that glob and turning it into something that looks like something that is actually recognisable. But Satan and this world want to take you and make you take its shape. But God wants to do a work of change in you, but so does Satan. Now, Satan wants to get you into that plastic mold and squish you into the corner so that you become a different shape. God wants to take you and change you in a way that is still you. That way changes you. You're different after you've been squashed into that corner and taken some other shape. But here, God's trying to mold you and make you a better you. He's starting with you and he's still finishing with you. That's not what the world's trying to do. That's not what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to get you to be something completely different, something that God didn't design you for and doesn't desire for you to be. And it's something that, let's be honest, we wouldn't set out to be. But that's Satan's plan for us. In chapter 8, we saw that God wants to form you into the same way as Christ. The question for us is, what are we forming as? What are we becoming? What are we changing to be? Are we changing to be more like the world that we're living in more like the people that we're in amongst or are we changing to become more like our saviour? That's God's plan for you and that, that's his plan and desire for you. But if the world has your attention, if even just some aspects of the world has your mind and your heart, then that's what's changing you. And it's squashing you into its way. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. We'll come back to Romans 12. God is taking you and he's building onto you. Kind of like a Lego block. Expanding you. Satan is taking you and mushing you into something else. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3 verse 9 and 10. <clears throat> and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of, of God by faith that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. God is taking us and making us better. He's giving us righteousness that wasn't ours. Our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. But Christ's righteousness was approved of God. And God is giving us Christ's righteousness. We don't deserve that. There's nothing we have done that deserves to be righteous like Christ is righteous. And yet God is taking us and changing us and working in and through us and making us a better version of ourselves and being made conformable unto his death. Here God gives us Christ's righteousness and conforms us to be like Christ. And look down in verse 21. Ultimately, here it's talking about at the very end who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself one day in glory God will transform us quite literally to be having glorified bodies That will be a a complete change. That will be probably closer to this kind of transformation than this. But that's not for now. That's what Satan's trying to do to us now. Now, God wants to develop us and change us and mould us and keep adding to us to improve us. Back in Romans chapter 12, please. Sorry, let's go to, before we go there, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So ultimately one day, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, ultimately one day he's going to change us completely, but not now. But how is he doing this work of change? 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, as we look into God's word and we see God's glory in, in the pages of Scripture, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. God will take His Word as we spend time in His Word and as we see righteousness and godliness and Christ-likeness and God's qualities, as we see them, as we read them, the Holy Spirit of God will take what we're reading and change us to become more and more like that. This is the Holy Spirit doing a work of change in us. And we need to allow God to do that work of change rather than like the one at the office that we look up to or even that Christian that we admire. Now we need to let God do the work of change in us. It's not a work of change that we're doing the changing. Even when we're looking and admiring a Christian, we shouldn't be trying to become like them. We should be trying to become like God would change us in the order that he would change us. Rather than aspiring to be the person that we... the hobbyist that we're following on YouTube and trying to become like them and pick up their skills and talents we should be letting the Holy Spirit do a work of change in us rather than striving for a certain look. When we come to God's word, we need to let the Holy Spirit of God do a work of change in us from glory to glory. You know, this word here in the Greek, I think you'd know it. Maybe not the ending, metamorphoso, metamorphosos, (laughs) metamorphosis, we understand metamorphosis. Caterpillar becoming a butterfly, that sort of change. We don't understand how it works. We understand though if we cut that chrysalis open to see how, how the progress is, that it all stops. We can't make the caterpillar become a butterfly. We can't reverse it. We can't speed it up. We can't change it. We can just put it in a jar and wait. That's about it. And see the outcome. That's the kind of change that God wants to do in us. And how does he do it? Just simply the Holy Spirit and his word. Changing us his way so there's a work of change and there's a but there's a wrestle for control back in Romans 12 oh. verse 2 again now <clears throat> Romans chapter 12 verse 2 see we've seen now already Satan's style of conforming we're told here not to be conformed to this world don't let the world don't let Satan press you into its mold but be transformed By the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? We saw it already. Let the Holy Spirit take the word of God and do a work of change. That's a renewing of the mind. But we're to be transformed. Transformation is also a work of change. Interestingly, this transformation is the same word used to describe The transfiguration of Christ that Peter, James, John saw there on the mountain. Christ was already Christ, was he not? And yet they saw him transfigured. They saw him in his glory. He was changed before them and yet he was still Christ. And afterwards he was still Christ. Christ. This is the same thing that God's trying to do in us. And we saw a glimpse of it in 2 Corinthians 3. That God wants to do this work, this kind of change. You'll still be you, but you'll be better. There's no mold here that you have to become. This transformation is through his word and it's a transfiguring. It's a development of the original. And as I thought about it, I thought about it, well, it's not this mold. It's not a transforming of the original because if you mix up a cake and tip it in here, it'll take the shape of the mold but if you take the same batter and just stick it in the oven, you'll have a fire. It's not going to take the shape of the mould. This is a different kind of development. There's some more bits there. This is like in a book where there's a theme or there's a character, and that character is developed throughout the pages of the book. Or the theme is developed through the pages of the book. And English teachers make you study them and write long stories about them and memorize quotes about them to support your argument. <coughs> this, is, this is the kind of transformation where, or the best way I can illustrate it, is through transfiguring, is a development of the original. The character was already there in the mind of the author, but they didn't just on page one say, now this guy is wearing blue shorts, he's this tall, he's this wide, he likes this kind of sandwich. Yeah, That's a very boring way to start the story. But if the character is unfolded before you through the course of the book. You get to want to find out what happens to him after the book. He doesn't exist. And yet the character has developed before you and you want to know more about him. You want another story about him. Why is that? Because it's the same person, but he's, he or she has become larger than life in your mind. You've seen them develop. And this is the work of change that God wants to do in us. He's taking us and he's changing us to be even better. He's transfiguring us. Not in that glory way like Christ on the mountain. But it's through his word. So the question is, how's your Bible reading going? How is your time in God's Word? That's how God will change you to become more like your Saviour. You spending time with your Bible before God. How's your Bible reading going? How's your time in God's Word going? There's a wrestle. There's a fight on. So fight it. Is it any wonder that Many of us can read the newspaper all morning, but when we come to read the Bible, we suddenly feel weary. It's black on white. There's less pictures perhaps. But that's it. There's a fight on, so fight it. Walk with God. Spend time in God's Word. Do what you need to do. Dig the pen into your leg to stay awake or whatever. Read it while you I don't know, walking or something. You've got to be in God's Word. You can't put it off. I'll do it later in the day when I'm more alert. No, you'll be more distracted by the things of the day. There's a fight on And if we're not fighting to be in the fight, we'll be transformed to be something else. But it won't be what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in and through us. Is it a surprise that many struggle to pray? Because yes, God's going to change us as the Holy Spirit takes God's Word and does a work of change in us. But as we speak to God in prayer, God's going to answer us through his word. And he'll guide us and change us in those answered prayer. Let's finish then in First Peter, please. First Peter chapter 1. Satan wants to conform you to the mold of this world. But he can only do that if you're embracing some aspects of this world. So we need to refuse the offerings of this world. We need to refuse the harmless delights that this world puts up for us that are not actually harmless. His word, God's spirit working on a willing heart, is powerful for change. Here, First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. First Peter 1, 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, look at this, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance... But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Don't be worldly, because God is holy. Don't be chasing the things of this world. Don't be interested in the things of this world, because God is holy. Be ye holy. we're here commanded in verse 13 to gird up the loins of our mind to to pull them together that we're thinking straight stop satan planting this world in your mind instead what does it say verse 13 instead be sober that means to be calm that means to be temperate and circumspect and thoughtful because there is what there's a, a wrestle on there's a battle on satan versus christ god through christ wants to they both want to change us but one's for our betterment and verse 14 describes obedient children Obedient children. Obedient children of God. Do what? They don't fashion themselves according to the lusts of this world. They don't look at this world and say, I'd like to be like that. Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to follow that. Not fashioning yourselves. What to look like. How to act? Who, you, who are you trying to be like? Who is influencing you? If you are trying to change you and you are allowing yourself to be influenced, then you're not an obedient child of God. You are fashioning yourself. You're trying to, you're looking at somebody at work or on YouTube and you're saying, wow, I'd like to be like that. And you're taking bits of them and copying them. That sound of Lego. It's a great sound, isn't it? It was hard carrying that box up without giving away what was in it. Everyone knows that sound. But if we're being disobedient children, we're trying to copy something in this world rather than being like Christ. Obedient children don't allow themselves to be copying this world. Instead, Christian, you need to walk with God today. You need to be in God's word tomorrow and you need to let the Holy Spirit take his word and change you. Nobody will see it, you sitting with God's word tomorrow. But if you don't want to be like this, if you don't want to be a disobedient child of God, you need to let God develop you and keep adding to you and changing you, but in an improving way, not changing you to be somebody else. You need the Holy Spirit to transform you because when he does, he will produce glory from glory.